Are you an aspiring creative in entertainment, business, fashion, design, or the arts? Do you want to elevate your creative passion project to the next level? Then this show is for you. Whether you want a career in television, film, radio, literature, music, or beyond, Creative Breakthrough will show you how to take your dreams and turn them into reality. This show will not only leave you feeling motivated and inspired, but also provide you real-life tools to pursue the creative journey you have always wanted. I'm your host, creative coach, and chicken wing lover, Shireen Kassab, a.k.a. The Funny Brown Girl. Yes, I have an unhealthy obsession with chicken wings. Now, get ready to flex your creative muscle. Welcome back to another episode of The Creative Breakthrough. I hope you all had a wonderful holiday weekend and had time to rest, relax, and spend time with your friends and family. As 2018 comes to a close, I want to say thank you to all of you for listening, sharing, and subscribing. Canada, I see you. Guys, we made the top 200 podcasts in Canada last week. How cool is that? This week, I decided to mash up all the best insight, stories, and advice from the past 13 episodes into one creativity crash course. But before we get started, big news. In two weeks, I have the pleasure of interviewing the New York Times bestselling author, Jasmine Darznick. We will be talking about her career, advice she has for writers, as well as her two books, the New York Times bestselling, The Good Daughter, A Memoir of My Mother's Hidden Life, and Song of a Captive Bird. If you're looking for a good book or two over the next few weeks, I highly suggest these two. They're quick and fast reads, plus they'll make the podcast interview with Jasmine so much more enlightening. 2019 is full of amazing interviews. I'm lucky enough to talk to James Lopez, the president of Will Packer Productions and the producer of the hit movie Girls Trip with Tiffany Haddish, Jada Pinkett-Smith, Queen Latifah, and Regina Hall. I also get to talk to Shantae Wayans of the Wayans family, Alia Tetchbar, a Michelin star chef, Abi Verghese, the TV producer and writer of Brown Nation, and creative entrepreneur J.G. Ayodele, and many more exciting and successful creatives. I can't wait to share these stories with you all. Lastly, I wish you all a happy new year and all the success in the world. 2019 is our year, y'all. Now, let's get started. Our first interview was with Tina Mabry, a writer, producer, and director of Owns Queen Sugar, created by Ava DuVernay and Oprah Winfrey. Other directing credits include Insecure, Power, and Queen of the South. Tina shares with us her advice for creatives on their journey. So what advice, I mean, you just gave a bunch of really good advice, but to wrap up, what advice would you have for creatives on their journey? The one thing I would say is that one, be able to accept rejection. You're going to get nothing but no's, and it doesn't matter about all the no's you get. It's the one yes that you get. That's what's important. I got rejected. I applied to four film schools. I got rejected from three of them. I had no idea about USC, and that was the one I happened to get into. But I moved out here without knowing that. And, you know, but that was all it took was one yes. It's like I may not have had any kind of thing going in my career, but it took, Ava said yes. Queen sugar. It took one thing. And so it's like to be able to not let that, that, you know, deflate you or take away or make you doubt your talent, um, that you can just understand that this is just the process of how things are in our industry and that 
you know, get a get backbone for it. But don't let that discourage you. Let that no encourage you. What does it tell you? It tells you that you got some hope coming and a yes will come your way. And also that to be patient. And that's the heart. I mean, I struggle with patience myself still. I mean, it, I think we all kind of do. It, but it's so easy to be patient, you know, and patient with this process because you really want to get out there and, and work and you want to be able to have fun with that and create something that affects lives. But you may not get that chance, but it will come. Be patient. Um, and then also educate yourself. Uh, try to connect with people who are doing it in this industry. Try to shadow them. I think shadowing is the most important thing that you can do. Um, whether you can get a chance to sit, into, sitting, sit in a writing room, shadow that way or be on set and shadow a director or, you know, or shadow them through prep the whole way to see how it is. Because I think it lets you know, like, you might want to do this even more after you see it or you might be like uh maybe i want to do this part instead you know but how can you know if you never see it you know and that's the thing right. about it that i think that's the part that's yeah. missing in our industry a lot of it is because it's so it's so set off and it's so private you don't know so you're walking into a writer's room even though every room is different there still is a constant that kind of flows through it but you, but you won't know unless you're in, involved in it. You won't know what it takes to actually, what do you have to go through as a director to prep something for an episodic, you know, directing gig and how to execute that and be on time, how to act with the writers, the actors and do all of that. You would not know that if you weren't able to sit there and watch that director do it and be able to ask them questions and talk about it, why they made certain decisions, you know? So, you know, that to me is one of the most invaluable things that you can get and so that's what i would just say is just be patient because that yes is coming get a backbone for the nose and then try to find a way to shadow somebody so that part is something i think people you need to always look out to have in your life in episode three i talk about the importance of believing in yourself pursuing your passions wholeheartedly and not listening to the doubters so what I'm trying to say is, had I given up, I would not have ever figured it out. But I kept doing it because it was my passion. It was something I wanted to do. It was something that was burned inside of me, a desire deep down in me that said, you are going to do this because you enjoy doing it. There is a part of you besides failing and besides the dread and the anxiety that enjoys acting. So you're going to keep doing this. And I'm so glad that I did do it. I'm so glad that I didn't give up on acting because now I have a newfound sense of confidence. What I want to say is that if you want to do something, you have to keep trying. You have to keep putting energy into it. You have to keep working towards your passion. Don't let doubt get in your way. And don't only let doubt from yourself get in your way, but don't let other people's doubt get in your way. In episode four, internationally touring stand-up comedian Maz Jobrani shares with us how his career in acting and stand-up comedy began. I said, Joe, I'm waiting till I'm in my 30s. I'm going to save up some money and go for it. He goes, let me talk to you. He took me into his office. He goes, look, I'm in my mid-60s. He goes, when I was in my 20s, there was a lot I wanted to do. I never got around to doing it. He goes, if you really want to do it, you got to do it. So that was my light bulb moment. I was 26. I went to my boss at the ad agency and I said, hey, I'm going to pursue comedy professionally. And, and uh, that was it. Maz also shares with us how he knew comedy was his passion. I'd go try and get up at 1130. And then some famous comedian would come in and go, I'm going up next. Yeah. 
and I'd wait for an hour. Then another guy would come, wait for an hour. Now it's 1.45, and there's like three people left. And you want to leave, but you stay. And then you go up on stage and you do your 15 minutes. Well, that's challenging yeah. in terms of dealing with it in life. But really, because I loved it and I found what I loved doing, it was a no-brainer. I had to stay. Right. And that's why I tell people, I go, find what you love doing. Because I, I tried a few other lines of <clears throat> work, like business stuff, that once I got rejected, I just was like, I'm, I'm done. I'm not trying this anymore. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't into those. But if you're into something, like if you're really into being a doctor, then the first time you cut open, cut open a cadaver, you're going to be like, oh, this is great. You know, if I ever had to even look at a cadaver, I'd be like, I'm out. <laughs> yep, exactly. You know? He shares advice on how to stay true to yourself throughout the creative process. So that's the big challenge. It's almost like, it's almost as if you've got a product that you really believe in and the world just hasn't caught up to it yet. That's the biggest challenge. But you just got to keep believing in it and keep pushing that product as opposed to like coming back and going, all right, screw it. How, how will you accept me? Yeah. It's not about that. It's about doing your voice. It's like the, the book Fountainhead, which is Anne Rand. In that book, there's two architects. And one architect is loved in the beginning by everybody. And the other guy's just doing his thing. And then at the end of the book, people come around to appreciate this other guy for yeah. his uniqueness. I love that. I have not heard that analogy before, and I love that, like waiting for the world to catch up versus talking to them what they want. I think that's, that's, a, I think that's great advice. That's really, I mean, it's like it's you know you're doing your thing. You know your thing really well. Keep doing your thing. And he shares advice for creatives on their journey. So what other advice do you have for creatives on their journey? Just be active, you know. Um, just to be um, entrepreneurial, to create your own opportunities. I even tell actors, I go, um, don't sit in a cafe waiting for somebody. Find a book, produce it, do a play, get into a scene study class. If you're stand-up, you know, find a venue and put on a show once a week or whatever. Hustle, hustle, hustle. Do a podcast like you're doing. You know, There's so many ways now to get out there. Do it because you never know what's that thing that's going to take you to that next level. And by doing it, also, you're, you're getting more and more prepared as opposed to sitting and waiting. Yeah. Because uh, you got be, you to you create your own opportunities. So create your own opportunities. Awesome. In episode five, I provide tips and advice on how to find your passion. On the flip side, what's going to happen when you find your passion? Oh, man, your life is going to change. Every day for the rest of your life is going to be so different that you are going to wish that you had found your passion sooner. You're going to lose track of time. You're going to put up other things. You're going to put up friends and family because this one thing is so engaging. You're going to have a sense of fulfillment. Every day is going to be the best day of your life. Even if you only get to spend five minutes on your passion or one hour or two hours, those small moments in your day are going to make your day so much more brighter. Your relationships with people are going to be better because you're just going to be more positive because now you have a sense of purpose in your life. In episode six, radio personality, Laura Diaz talks about her identity crisis, her challenges in the entertainment industry, and her fear of failure. Laura actually did get her own morning talk show starting in 2019. Congratulations, Laura. My race, I can't, and I look, quote unquote, look very white girl, like, you know, blonde, blue eyes, very, very fair skin. Um, so I've kind of been in a weird gender crisis. I mean, not gender. Um, 
Um, I was like, wait, is there something you haven't told me, Laura? Yeah, right? No, I'm transitioning. Um, No, I've been in an identity crisis for my whole life where it's like, am I like super white girl American or am I Hispanic? I don't know because my parents like roast pigs in the backyard in a big pit you know, with an apple in its mouth, which is super Puerto Rican. But then, you know, I was born in Orlando and like, I just have nothing but white girl friends. So it was just always like this weird, where do I belong? Always my whole life. I never really belonged anywhere, which actually I think led really made an advantage for me because I was able to just be um, very, I would, I could adapt so quickly to different surroundings and different situations. So what other challenges do you feel like you have faced in your creative journey? God, probably um, the biggest one was becoming a mother, for sure. Um, When you're in showbiz and you're like, okay, you have to be this hot thing that's always relevant and always, um, you know, on top of everything, you have to look good, you have to be cool, you have to guys want to have to be with you and girls have to want to be you. And it's just like this weird place when all you really want to do is go home in your sweatpants, eat bonbons and, you know, feed, feed your baby, you know, like you just want to be a mom, a brand new mom, especially being a new mom. That was so hard. And, um, the schedule is very difficult. I have to be at work at 4am every day. Um, so that's really hard. It's also really hard trying to move up and trying to create an even bigger career for myself and my family when you're a mom, because then that takes more time away from your kids. So it's, that's the biggest challenge. Was that a deciding factor? Like when you were going to have your first child, were you thinking about that? Like, will it impact my career growth? Oh yeah, for sure. And I knew it would. Um, And then I had a second child and I knew that was going to be even harder. But now that I'm done having kids, um, I I think, okay, well, Laura, you're a feminist. You're um, a big advocate for equal rights. You have to be okay with giving your husband the home um, control, you know, and you have to be okay with your husband being there for them and you being the working party. And so I think it was just so hard for me. It's so funny. I preach it, but I couldn't live it. And um, he's a stay at home dad. He takes care of the school lunches. He goes to the PTA meetings. He does everything that uh, traditionally the mom would do. And it was hard for me to, to switch those roles. So how do you feel like all these experiences that you've had through your career have helped shape you? Um, I mean, obviously, just incredibly. I mean, I've had so much success over my um, span of my career that actually now that I'm in a point where I'm trying to see what's next, what's my next move um, career wise, I want to, you know, be have my own show, my own female led show. And now I'm scared. I'm scared that I won't be able to do it. I'm scared that I'll try I'll somehow figure out a way to do it and then fail at it. Um, I'm scared that um, this might be the end of the road for me. Like maybe it's, maybe I'm just at a point where I have to get out and just be a regular person. God forbid. It's funny to hear you say fail though, because you, you sound so confident in what I know of you. You're such a confident person. Why would you be scared that you would fail? Because I've never failed. And so I think that, and my husband was even like saying, he's like, God, Laura, you, you've just never failed. And so I think you're so scared. I'm like, no, he's exactly right. I've never, there's never been something I've put my mind to in life and haven't done it. And so, um, and haven't seen it through and, and been successful at it. So I think I'm just so scared to take the next step of my career because 
I'm older now. I have two kids now. I have a lot more to lose now. And I've never had anything to lose before. So I was able to take really crazy risks. Um, and so I'm just, I'm in a weird point right now because because of so much success one after another, it's actually put me in a place where I'm paralyzed with fear of not continuing my streak. So what advice do you have for our listeners? Take the fear and the haters and all of the doubt that you have on yourself and that other people have on you and just channel it, like figure out a way to channel the fear into something um, that will get you closer to your goal, you know, and that's what I'm currently trying to do. Um, So we'll see how it works out. But for sure, I would say my haters and my doubters all my life has have completely fueled me. In episode seven, I talk about the positive impacts of saying yes, even when you're not sure if you can do it. When I said you should say yes to every opportunity that comes your way, I meant you should say yes to new activities that will teach you, allow you to experience something new, open up your horizons. Say yes, because something inside of you is saying yes. Say yes, even if you don't know how to do it, because in today's day and age, you can learn how to do everything. Richard Branson once said, if someone offers you an amazing opportunity and you're not sure you can do it, say yes, then learn how to do it later. It is like the best advice. This is how I live my life, like for real. In episode eight, we talked to Rizwan Munji from the hit NBC TV show Outsourced. You can currently catch Rizwan on The Magicians and on Schitt's Creek, which has been nominated for Best Comedy Series at the Critics' Choice Award to be presented in LA on January 13th. Let's hear Riz's advice for creatives. The other thing that I tell a lot of a lot of people is that um, don't be complacent about it. You know? I think a lot of people, especially in our business, like you'll, you'll find an agent and you'll find a manager and then you'll be like, okay, they're doing all the work. Like they're going to, they're going to, the phone's going to ring and they're going to call me and tell me I'm famous. Like they're going to tell me I'm on, you know, and that just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you have, you, no one's going to be as motivated and as interested in your career as you are. So you used to constantly need to be networking and, 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 uh, you know, having a relationship with your manager and agent and asking about these and think, uh, you know, uh, being informed about what's, what's being, what's shooting, what's happening, all that stuff. You, you, you need to be uh, proactive about it instead of now I'll just wait around and somebody will call me in and all of a sudden, you know, I'm sure there's people that happens to, and I hate them all, but In episode nine, I share with you my secrets to work-life balance. So you might be thinking, what does Shireen know about work-life balance? She's a podcaster. I wish I was a full-time podcaster, y'all. And one day I will be. But in the meantime, I have a lot of different side hustles. In addition to doing this podcast, I'm an actress, so I go to auditions and workshops and classes throughout the week. I'm a stand-up comedian, so in the evenings and on the weekends, I'm performing comedy across the United States. I am on the radio. I'm a speaker. I'm an improv facilitator. I go into corporations and help them with body language, communication, and listening. I'm a girlfriend. And I don't say I'm a girlfriend because I'm bragging that, oh my God, look, I'm in a relationship. No, it's because being in a relationship is a lot of work and takes a lot of time. And it's like a second job that I didn't know was so time consuming. But one of the things that I haven't mentioned is what do I do between the hours of not 9 a.m. and 6 p.m. or 7 p.m. or 8 p.m. depending on the day. 
I'm at work. I work for a Fortune 100 company doing strategy. But you know what? As busy as I am, I love every minute of it because I am pursuing what I love to do. I'm pursuing my passions and I have figured out a way to balance my world of corporate America and my side hustles. And it has been an amazing feeling. And I want to share those same secrets with you. In episode 10, we talked to award-winning vocalist Lauren Talese on how she learned to embrace herself and become unstoppable. Take a listen. Personal challenges have been um, doubting doubting myself, doubting that, um, that I can sustain myself, doubting that people would want to hear my music, doubting that I was good enough, that I could write good enough, that I was attractive enough, that I was skinny enough, just self-doubt throughout my whole entire womanhood. I didn't, I, I questioned everything, literally, is this cool? Should I wear my hair like that? Should I do this? Should I do that? Should I say this? If I say that, what's that person going to think? Like every little thing. And so that's something that I really had to um, overcome. And it's not that I, I one day woke up and was cured of all this craziness, but it's more so just resigning yourself to the fact that you cannot fight who you actually are and that maybe if you embrace your quirks and and the things that make you you, you'll be the most successful you ever. This is something that once we women actually embrace, like we'll be unstoppable. Like nobody can be a better Lauren than I can. But if I try to imitate somebody else or you know, create a Lauren that makes everybody happy, then I'm going to be whack and people are going to realize that I'm not genuine and that who, it doesn't feel good to be around somebody who's pretending or who's trying to make everybody happy. At least it doesn't feel good to me and it doesn't feel good for me to do those things. And I think, like I said, um, across genres and career paths, that's, that's one thing that I've learned and, and, have have done well with embracing. In episode 11, I share my five tips of success for time management. So to recap, the five tips for time management, one, be passionate about what you're trying to spend your time on. Two, set goals, daily goals, weekly goals, monthly goals, know what you want to do. Again, I use a passion planner, funnybrowngirl.com passion planner. Again, I didn't make this passion planner. This is on Amazon. I'm just giving you an easy link so that you can find it. Number three, stay organized. It's a really hard thing to figure out what works best for you to stay organized. But once you find it, it'll make your life easier. Again, it took me a really long time to start using sticky notes. I realized that I'm just old school and I just need to see it written down on paper. So I use these post-its. Again, it's at funnybrowngirl.com forward slash post-it. Number four, prioritize. Prioritize your to-do list so you don't stress yourself out. Know when you're going to work on something. Set yourself a weekly schedule. Know what you're going to do on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, etc. Finally, number five, reward yourself. Thank yourself for all the hard work you're putting into getting to your goals, to achieving what you're trying to achieve. It's not an easy task and not everybody's out there hustling like you are. So reward yourself for all the hard work that you've taken and done for yourself. In episode 12, we talked to Precious Hannah, a footwear designer at Jordan slash Nike, who talks about being a woman of color in the workplace. So as you've, got, as you've gone through your creative journey through art school and then um, 
you went to school in Detroit and then you did your internships and you held down all these different jobs um, to support yourself. Like what challenges have you faced not only as a woman, but as a woman of color? Uh, some of the challenges that I faced was, oh, you're never going to make it a corporate with dreads. Mm. Corporate people don't like dreads. You're never going to do that. And I was like, okay, well, watch me. And now my dreads are like touching the back, the back of my upper bottom. Wow. Uh, <laughs> like I'll always tell people like that's a that's a look I am not my hair bro mm-hmm. like I'm just me and if you can't like respect me and the knowledge that I have then I shouldn't I mean I shouldn't be with you I shouldn't be in your presence because obviously you don't you have no respect um I've been in situations where people will be like oh you don't understand the design process and you're never going to understand because you're too confident and you're just too this and you're too that. And it's like, for me, it's like, yo, if you telling me that I'm too confident and you're not confident enough, and that's just going to gas me to be even just, just to destroy whatever comes in my way in a good way, not a bad way. Where does the confidence come from? Uh, it came from me growing up in Miami and being completely different than everyone else that I grew up around. Cause you mm-hmm. got to have like, Growing up in Miami, a lot of people think, oh, you know, it's it's beaches and stuff down like that. It's like, yeah, well, on one side of the bridge, it's, a, it's beautiful. But on the other side of the bridge, you 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 hustle. Like, if you want something, you got to go out and get it. And that was something that I was taught at a very young age. Like, we're not going to give you, oh, you want shoes? We're going to get them for you. But what you, what you giving us in return? What advice do you have for women in the workplace? You got to be assertive because if you don't, then your voice doesn't get heard. Mm-hmm. And then you sit there and you go home. You're like, I wish, I wish, I mm-hmm. wish. I was listening to a, uh, a, a documentary. This lady was talking about how women basically, they go home and they think about stuff that they did that day. Like, well, if I went to this meeting, I should have done it this way. Like they just, they act on it and they just react and react. Well, I should have said it this way or I should have said it that way. Whereas men, they say something, and then afterwards, they just forget mm-hmm. about it. Yep. It was like, oh, well, I said that. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I guess. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's like, we'll question, <laughs> is it stupid? Should we say it? Is it worth it? And a guy is just yeah. like, I don't care I'm saying it. And finally, in episode 13, Precious Hannah from episode 12 is back to talk to us about her creative process and where her inspiration comes from when she's designing a shoe. These lessons are on point and relatable to any creative on their journey. Take a listen. Now, your idea for the Victoria's Secret sandal was super cool. Where do you? Where does your inspiration come from? Um, various things. Uh, I mean, at that time, I guess I just I just listen to people. Are you like on the message boards and? Or just like talking to people who aren't sneakerheads. Because I feel like if you talk to somebody that's a sneakerhead, they're going to tell you, oh, well, the vamp needs to be this and the material needs to be that and yada, yada, yada. <laughs> but if you talk to somebody who has no idea about design or footwear or anything, they're like the most genuine. It's the most genuine conversation that you could have because they're being so, what is it, uh, transparent with you about the problems that they're actually having where you could be like, oh, you're having foot support issues or you, your kid is toe dragging their foot all the way, all across the concrete. Bam. I need to put something there. Or I need to think about it like this, or I should look at it like that. Like, so I look at it. That's, that's where I grasp my inspiration from that and music. 
And there you have it, y'all. The best advice, insight, and stories from our interviewers in 2018. A special thank you to all the people who allowed me to share their stories. This podcast would be nothing without you. So thank you, thank you, thank you to all of you who have allowed me to interview you and question you and push you to the edge and make you stumble and make you think. Thank you. I appreciate it. And so do our listeners. I appreciate you listeners. I hope you have a very, very happy new year and I will see you all in 2019. Now go flex your creative muscle and keep winning. Hey, before you hit pause, did you find this episode helpful and enjoyable? If so, could you leave an Apple podcast, aka iTunes review? It'll take you less than one minute and mean the world to me. The more ratings and reviews the show gets, the more people are able to find this podcast. If you're unsure how to leave a review, no worries. If you're on your iPhone or iPad, go to the homepage of this show and scroll down to write a review. Click on it and you'll be able to rate and review the show. If you're on a Mac from iTunes, go to the show homepage and on the top, click ratings and reviews. Also, please subscribe to get the latest episodes once they drop. If you enjoy the episode and know someone who would love it, please share. From your iPhone, click on the icon with three dots and then share via social media, email, or text. If you want to hear more, head over to funnybrowngirl.com forward slash podcast. You can also find me online. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at funnybrowngirl. Also, sign up for my free newsletter for more tips to advance your creative journey at funnybrowngirl.com forward slash subscribe. And again, if you enjoyed the show, do me a favor and subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. Now, go flex your creative muscle and keep winning. Thank you for listening. See you next week.